We'll apologize for any sniffs or yeah that you hear throughout <laughs> the, the the episode. Uh, we here in the young household have head colds. Probably it's brother probably just head or colds. sinus. It's not. It's not COVID. We don't have COVID. No, because my daughter was tested. She came home from school one day, had a really high fever, and I immediately got her tested. And it took forever to get the results back, but she was negative. And well, you got tested a little while back too, and it came back negative. Yes, I've been tested like five times. Yeah, so not COVID. We're good. Just uh, sinus issues. Just, just or... the winter wreaking havoc on on our family. Yes, but you know it is what it is. I'm Kevin. I'm Stephanie. Welcome to Open a Fucking Book, the weekday Cliff Notes edition. Um, coming to you a little late. We didn't. We usually record on Wednesday evenings and. Uh, we weren't. I wasn't feeling, feeling great. Yeah. weren't in the mood. I didn't have anything ready. I have. I. We are recording the third episode of Flannery O'Connor either later today or tomorrow, and I still have not done with that episode. So I've had a bunch of work to do. I'm falling behind. I don't want to have to take a hiatus from our series shows just so I can get caught up. But we'll see what happens. Anyway. Let's get some books and some book news. Yes. Do you have any news? Because I have some news before we get to the books. I have some news for you. What? In February, I'm going to be buying a bunch, a bunch of books. We'll see. Uh, there is no real see. It's I'm going to be buying a bunch of books. We'll see. No. I will be buying a bunch of books. But okay. Yeah. okay. Fine. What are these books that apparently i use quotation marks when i said books you can't see it because this is an audio format but I, what are these books well i'm getting them regardless uh book number one is uh book six of the miss peregrine's peculiar series okay um the desolations of devil's acre okay so that comes out february 23rd i will be getting it no ifs ands or buts uh book three comes out or book three of the betwixt and between series uh by um yes Dorinda jones uh comes out february 15th i will be getting it so how about i just buy it for valentine's day maybe but i was gonna figure you were gonna get me uh i'll crate like you usually do okay and then the next book, it doesn't come out till May, so you're kind of safe there, is uh, The Grave Digger, Digger's Son mm. by Dorinda Jones. Um, it's part of the Charlie Davidson novella series, which continues after Seven to the 13th Grave, which I already have the first book of that, and this is the second. I thought that last that last book book was supposed to be the end of the story. It is, but this carries on with uh, Beep, which is Charlie and Ray's daughter, and uh, the Gravedigger's son is one of Charlie's friends' son. So it's a novella series about the kind of their children. So it's a side quest? Sure. <laughs> but that comes out May 11th. Okay. And then uh, A Good Day for Chardonnay, which is the second book of the Sunshine series that Dorinda started, comes out July 27th. So I got a little bit of time for that. All I, all I heard was a good day for Chard. Chardonnay. <laughs> and then uh, I was like, "It's never a good day for Chard." God, you're such a dork. <laughs> and then coming out February 16th is a Court of Thorns and Roses book number four or 
five, because of the novella that came out after four, uh, is A Court of Silver Flames, which I'm excited about because it comes out the 16th of February. So now we're up to three books I'm getting in February so far. And that's by Sarah J. Moss. Zero of those will be read. Oh, no, they'll be they'll be read. Okay, they'll be read. Okay, because those those are ones I'm super excited about. Like, okay. I've, I'm all caught up on those, on every single one of those. All right. I've seen you be super excited about books before, and then they just sit there and gather dust. I'm <clears throat> I'm all caught up on those series, except for the sh- sunshine. I uh, sunshine's in my to be read pile over there. All right. But yeah, that's it. Those are the books I'm I'm waiting to come out, and I'm all ready for them and ready to read. Hmm. All right. Well, is that all you have? Uh, yeah. I didn't really look up any book news. <laughs> I, I have plenty of book news for I you. I know. Okay. I I've been kind of slacking in the book news department lately. It's really not. I mean, it, book news isn't like. I know, but that's my jam. <laughs> you know, that's my thing, and I, I I've slacked off. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's get to what we do have. So the first one is an article by Andrew Albanese from Publishers Weekly. Amazon hit with ebook price fixing suit. The law firm that successfully sued Apple and five major publishers for colluding to fix ebook prices in 2011 has now filed a class action suit against Amazon, accusing the company of colluding with the big five publishers to restrain price competition in the ebook market. The suit filed in Southern District of New York on January 14th by Seattle-based firm Haggins Berman comes a day after a Wall Street Journal article disclosed that Amazon was under investigation in Connecticut for potentially anti-competitive behavior in the e-book market. Now, the suit names only Amazon as the defendant. However, it labels each of the big five publishers, Hatchet, HarperCollins, Macmillan, Simon & Schuster, and Penguin Random House as co-conspirators in alleged scheme to use various forms of the most favored nation's clause to squelch consumer price competition and keep e-book prices artificially high. I see now that... Well, hold on. In violation of Section 1 of the Sherman Antitrust Act, defendant and the Big Five co-conspirators agree to various anti-competitive MFNs and anti-competitive provisions that function the same as MFNs. The complaint states, Amazon's agreement with its co-conspirators is an unreasonable restraint of trade that prevents competitive pricing and causes plaintiffs and other consumers to overpay when they purchase ebooks from the Big Five through an ebook re- retailer that competes with Amazon. That harm persists and will not abate unless Amazon and the Big Five are stopped. Among the relief requested, the suit seeks monetary reimbursement for consumers who purchased ebooks through Amazon's competitors' damages and injunctive injunctive relief that would require Amazon and the publishers to stop enforcing anti-competitive price restraints. Haggins Berman was the first to sue Apple and five of the then six major publishers for ebook price fixing in 2011 in a case that would eventually draw suits from a number of states and departments of justice. The five publishers settled their claims for some $166 million 
while Apple lost at trial and paid out some $400 million to consumers. Amazon had no comment on the lawsuit. All the publishers named in the filing had no comment as well. Yeah, I don't... I don't think that's necessarily true. Because I see... On all the Facebook groups I see, I... The authors I follow... You know, because you have Kindle Unlimited and then you have regular Kindle prices. Kindle Unlimited prices are so much cheaper. There's but, only so many books on Kindle Unlimited, though. Kindle Unlimited doesn't cover every Kindle book. No, I know. And then when I go to look at book prices on Amazon, the Kindle, some of the Kindle prices are expensive. But for new books, they're going to be a bit more expensive for the Kindle version. And then some are not really that expensive at all. And I don't think they're fixing prices. But see, that's the thing, is that you're looking on Amazon for books that are through these publishers. If you were to go to any other place to get the ebook through these publishers, they would be higher. That's the point they're making, is that they're fixing the game, so you have to buy from them. It's a it's like reverse price. It's a sort. It's a sense of price gouging. It's the it's the big retailers taking on the mom and pops. You go to Walmart, you get a thing of popcorn for two bucks. But if you go to your mom and pop grocery store, you got to pay four dollars for the same thing because they don't have the type of you know inventory and storage and you know money behind them that Walmart has. We complain all the time about how we would love to buy more books from independent places, but Amazon has them so much cheaper. That's why. Because they they are able to price things lower, still make a profit, than the independent book uh, bookstores. I think that's what they're trying to, to, to get people to understand, is that Amazon and these publishers have are in cahoots with one another, to price their books lower on Amazon slightly so you would buy from them instead of buying from a smaller ebook retailer. I'll do some research. Okay. I mean, I don't know what research is going to be needed there. They already posted the uh the lawsuit. They beat at they they won against Apple already and all these publishers once. And now they're going against Amazon. Yeah, which is Jeff Bezos, but that's... Good luck with it. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> if I get a lot of stuff off on Audible, which I know is Amazon, and I get books off Kindle and Kindle Unlimited because it is it is cheaper and easier, and I would love to get stuff through other markets so I'm not supporting this conglomerate. If this if this is true and I can get ebooks through somebody else, at the exact same price, even if it is maybe a little bit more expensive, I would be more than happy to go somewhere other than Amazon for my shit. Oh, there are tons of other. I know, but this is the thing they're talking about: is that the prices on the other ebook places are so much higher because Amazon and these co- and these publishers are working to make it cheaper on Amazon. That's the problem. Yeah, I could I could probably get some of my books cheaper from like Thrift Books. And uh, other book places, but the thing that bugs me with those is I've seen people get uh, their books bent or the covers have scratches in them or tears or 
other stuff and I don't want that for my books. And it's not every order that that happens, but I'm scared to to get that because you know how I like my books to be pristine unless they're given to me by someone else. Yeah, if you want a new book, new published book, brand new, you have to go, you usually have, you can't get it from a thrift store because they're going to be used. Well, no, because sometimes the the books from thriftbooks.com or I can't think of the other names right now off the top of my head. Um, they, they are new, but it's just the way they ship. It's the shipping that the the books come like with corners bent and the binding messed up and the, the covers messed up, but I like my books to be pristine. And I know Amazon and, uh, oh, what's that bookstore I buy from all the time? Left-hand books and, uh, left bank books. Yeah. Left bank books and. There's another one too. Um, I forgot the name of it, but they package their books so carefully that they don't get destroyed. Well, and part of that would be, you know, who's sending them out. And then the other part is UPS, FedEx, or USPS and how they handle them. Well, that too. But because they don't give a fuck if it's your book or if it's, you know, whatever it is. They have a job to do. True. All right. So our next little bit of information. Uh, industry members unite to block Trump administration book deals. By <laughs> okay, by Ed Nowatka from Publishers Weekly. Now, Arthur Barry Liga has posted an open letter signed by more than 250 authors, agents, booksellers, and publishers supporting their opposition to any publisher signing up President Donald, former President Donald Trump, or members of his administration for any further book deals. Traditionally, members of an outgoing administration can and do rely on the cushion of a fat book contract with a healthy advance. In the case of the Trump administration and its history of outrageous lies and incitement of insurrection, we cannot allow this to stand. No one should be enriched for their contribution to evil. Uh, that's Liga wrote that in an email to Publishers Weekly. That is awesome. I mean, nothing's going to stop them from publishing independently, but I mean, there, if any of them are smart enough, there will enough, be plenty of publishers that let him that will give him money for it because they know those books will sell. <coughs> oh yeah, the whole maggot. I mean, Republicans aren't wealthy enough because they're all rednecks. Plenty and of they Republicans. Can't read. No. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm there kidding. There are plenty of Republicans who have more than enough money to... Republicans are usually the more wealthy people and the extremely poor. I know, that's why... Uh, I, so I, it's, it's one or the other. The thing is, because Josh Howley lost his uh, publishing deal through Simon & Schuster because of, you know, posting that picture of him giving the, you know, the fists up to the, uh, you know, net domestic terrorists that took over the Capitol building and five people died because of it. So they pulled their publishing from him. And like two weeks later, he had other publishers throwing offers at him because they know something like this, him writing a book is going to sell just because of the hoopla behind it. Yeah. And that's going to be crazy. I mean, that's going to be the only type of money he's going to get anyway, because who Trump? Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, he's he's gonna be. <laughs> he's, just... he's got he's got some some money problems coming his way. Uh, but I would imagine everybody in that administration, if if Sean uh, uh, Spice Splicer Spencer or whatever the fuck his name was, you almost said Sean Spears. No, I didn't. <laughs> um, if he was able to get a book deal, and I'm not 100 percent sure he can even write correctly, uh, anybody can get a book. Any one of them could get a book deal. There's a whole market for that type of shit. I know because we live next door to people who buy those books. Yeah. And our last uh, bit of news, uh, put a, maybe a little, another little smile on your voice, face. Sourcebooks donates $200,000 in honor of RBG. Aww. Sourcebooks has donated a total of $200,000 to six organizations supporting causes championed by the late Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. The one-time donations came from profits on sales of a 2021 of 2021 The Legacy of Ruth Bader Ginsburg wall calendar. Her words of hope, equality, and inspiration. Justice Ginsburg was an inspiration to women and girls across the country and the world, said Dominique Roca, publisher and CEO of Sourcebooks. Justice Ginsburg once said, fight for the things that you care about, but do it in a way that will lead others to join you. We are thrilled to be able to honor her life and legacy by continuing to support worthy causes that were near and dear to her heart. A Ruth Bader Ginsburg wall calendar. You think that's like uh, the Sports Illustrated wall calendars? No, where no, she's... no, no. Well, we saw that little, that sexy little lingerie. It uh... wasn't lingerie. It was a baby doll dress. Oh, the, okay, it's fine. The sexy little baby doll dress that looked like a Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Um, looked like the the top the, the had robe, the white, and you had the white collar, uh, collar on it. Yes, <laughs> I wanted to buy it so bad, but they didn't have one of my size. Just, I was so just, upset. Just her and one of those on like like April, and then. You know, get close to August, she's in a bikini. You think that's what oh, it was? Oh, <laughs> babe. Oh. I love Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Yes, we but love But I don't Ruth want Bader to picture Ginsburg. her in a bathing suit or a bikini. We all, we pick on the ones we love. <laughs> Except for Trump. Fuck yourself. <sighs> Today's episode is brought to you by our brand new exclusive discount code for thebeardstruggle.com. Gentlemen. Have you grown out that beard? Or are you just starting? Well, if you're like me, you began to notice pretty quickly that the skin underneath all that hair can get pretty dry and flaky. And trust me when I tell you, beard dandruff sucks. And the people over the beard struggle know this and have made it their life's work to develop the best products to make growing and keeping that beard as painless as possible. Over time, the ingredients in their formulas have proven themselves, not just because their customers have had enormous success with them, but because they have worked for centuries. They use 100% natural ingredients, never test on animals, and promise a 90-day money-back guarantee. From the day and night oils, the shampoos and conditioners, all the way to the ingenious beard straightener. They have everything you need to tame that face fur, and I use them, and my beard has never looked, felt, or smelled better. Just ask my wife. So go to thebeardstruggle.com, all one word, or click on our link in the show notes and use our new exclusive discount code, AUDIO15, at checkout for 15% off. That's A-U-D-I-O-1-5 for 15% off your entire order. Go now and feast your face! Okay, so let's get to our books of the week. Uh, this, this one, I want. Okay. 
I'll just tell you right now, I want this book. Do you want me to order it for you right now? Uh, you got to stop ordering books while we're doing the show. Okay, I'll order it right after the show. I'm on airplane mode, so I, I can't order right now. I know. So the name of the book is Remote Controlled by Nadi Okarafor. And yes, I looked up the pronunciation to make sure I got it right. Good job. Because I looked, how do you pronounce this? And she actually put it out, how to pronounce her name. Awesome. She's the adopted daughter of the angel of death. Beware of her. Mind her. Death guards her like one of its own. The day Fatima forgot her name, death paid a visit. From here on, she would be known as Sankofa, a name that meant nothing to anyone but her, the only tie to her family and her past. Her touch is death, and with a glance, and with a glance, a town can fall. And she walks alone, except for her fox companion, searching for the object that came from the sky and gave itself to her when the meteors fell and when she was yet unchanged, searching for answers. But is there a greater purpose for Sankofa, now that death is her constant companion? From Tor.com Publishing, January 2021, 160 pages. So I'm ordering two of them? <clears throat> <laughs> you can just order the one and I'll, I'll read it I'll, first. That's fine. You can read it real quick. I'll, I'll, yeah. You'll fly through it. <laughs> yeah. And you won't, it's 160 pages. You'll, I'll have it you'll fly an through it and you won't bend an ounce of it. I'll get it. I'll sit on the couch and I'll read through it. It'll take me maybe a month and a half. And every and page will be I bent. I That's why I want two copies, because you'll destroy I it. Won't touch, I won't eat any food. I won't drink any water or anything while I'm eating it. And yet, while I'm reading it, and yet when I am done, it will be filthy and bent to hell. Because like you I, did I don't know when you ruined my copy of Heart Shaped Box by Joe Hill. And I told you not to let me take that to work. I know, I know. I was like, it's going to get ruined if I take it. You're like, no, I no, no. I still need to replace need to, that. Just read it. You need to read it. So I took it and I read it and then you regretted it. I did. I did. I should have read it too. I you. worked in a dirty place and even though I washed my hands, they're still still ingrained into your fucking fingerprints. So, I mean. Yeah, it's, oh God. I sh we should take a picture of what that book looks like. We can take a, we'll take a picture of what books look like after I took them to work. And, yes, because it, it still can't close right. <laughs> it's fucking horrible. <laughs> <clears throat> so for our nonfiction, The Doctor's Blackwell, How Two Pioneering Sisters Brought Medicine to Women and Women to Medicine by Janice P. Nimura. Elizabeth Blackwell believed from an early age that she was destined for a mission beyond the scope of ordinary womanhood. Though the world at first recoiled at the notion of, woman, of a woman studying medicine, her intelligence and intensity ultimately won her the acceptance of the male medicine establishment. In 1849, she became the first woman in America to receive an M.D. She was soon joined in her iconic achievement by her younger sister, Emily, who was actually the more brilliant physician. Exploring the sisters' allies, enemies, and enduring partnerships, Janice P. Nomura presents a story of trial and triumph together the Blackwells founded the New York Infirmary for Indignant Women and Children, the first hospital staffed entirely by women. Both sisters were tenacious and visionary, but their convictions did not always align with the emergence of women's rights or with each other. From Bristol, Paris, and Edinburgh to the rising cities of antebellum America, this richly researched new biography celebrates two complicated pioneers, 
who exploded the limits of possibility for women in medicine. As Elizabeth herself predicted, a hundred years hence, women will not be what they are now. From W.W. Norton and Company, January 2021, 336 pages. I want to buy that for our daughter. Yeah, she's recently been getting into science and mostly space. Well, she wants to be, she's 11 and she wants to be an astrophysicist. And that's, I mean, every year she changes her mind, but I think she wants to stick with this. We'll see. Yeah. Um, But now that Kamala Harris is the first woman vice president in history, she's becoming more empowered. When I talked to her yesterday about it, she got super excited about the history of women Mm -hmm. and women doing all these great things. She's like, well, maybe I'll be the first woman president. And I told her I was almost 35. And she's like... Maybe you can become president. And I was like, I have no interest in politics. (laughs) It's a really shitty job. Yes. (laughs) And she's like, maybe I'll do it. And I was like, you can. You can do anything. You are are a young lady. You will be a woman soon. You can do anything. And so she's beginning to feel empowered as a woman, a young woman. And I think she, she should be getting more books about women throughout history and their accomplishments you know i'd say to some kids you you tell them you can be if you're gonna be president you can be president and before that was no you can't (laughs) because let's face it you're not gonna do that but after the past four years i can i can (laughs) honestly say anybody could be president and some of the shit that's come out of her mouth in the past well eight years that I've been in this family, um, I would say no. No, she couldn't. But honestly, she probably could. She's she's super smart. She just has a fucking attitude. I have no idea where she gets it from. Uh, mm-hmm. Shut up. <laughs> but yeah. I, I... She's reading Harry Potter right now. So, I mean... <laughs> This would be, this would be a great. There's nothing. Uh, the The astrophysics world, physics world, is filled with geeks and nerds. Yes, it is. So that's fine. She got a telescope that she's she's loving. Uh, so yeah, this I think you know, and this we've we've had a lot of books come on here. We say we should get for the kids. Everybody should get this book for their children because of because of this and this. This is the type of stuff that. Um, Young women need to be reading. I don't know if it's something that, you know, little kids should be reading because I imagine that it's not exactly child friendly. Well, I'm parents sure should pl- read to their yeah. children. But yeah, once you hit preteen, teenager stuff, this is the this is the type of book that, you know, young women and young men. Yes, young men too. Because we're kind of a you know, a lot of young men have a problem with not realizing that women can do whatever they can do, a lot of times better. Anything you can do, I can do better. Uh, I can pee standing up a lot better than you can. I can pee standing up. I can do it better. I can do anything better than you. No. Anyway, uh, <laughs> on that note, our kids' book, The Comeback, a figure skating novel by E.L. Shen. I was going to cover the, uh, the, they put out a book about Joe Biden's pets, his two dogs. I was like, nah, that'll get plenty of publicity. Yeah, probably. 
So the comeback, a figure skating novel by E.L. Shen. 12-year-old Maxine Chen is just trying to nail that perfect landing on the ice in middle school and at home where her parents worry that competitive skating is too much pressure for a budding tween. Maxine isn't concerned, however. She's determined to glide to victory, but then a bully at school starts teasing Maxine for her Chinese heritage, leaving her stunned and speechless. At the rink, she finds herself up against a stellar new skater named Holly, whose grace and skill threaten to edge edge Maxine out of the competition. With everything she knows on uneven ice, will Maxine crash under the pressure, or can she power her way to a comeback? Set in Lake Placid, New York, this is a spunky yet stirring middle-grade story that examines racism, female rivalry, and friendship, and the enduring and universal necessity of love and support. From Farrar, Strauss, and Garreau, that is a name you will hear on our next episode of Hmm. Flannery O'Connor. Spoiler alert. Published January 2021, 272 pages, ages 8 to 12. So a nice, good, thick book for a middle schooler to read. Yes. Probably a lot of AR points, too. Maybe. Yeah, if your school does that type of stuff. uh... And if it's at Lake Placid, is it going to have that big... I don't know. If it has the alligator in it, I'm all in. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Because as soon as you said Lake Placid, I was like, (gasps) ooh... I doubt it. That would be a twist. It's a twist. <laughs> I doubt it, but that would be cool. <laughs> it would, but... Hey, um, E.L., if you listen to this and you want to write an adult version of this book, we would be more than happy to plug that as well, as long as it has an alligator in it. Yeah, make it a horror story. <laughs> <laughs> and she kills the alligator with the ice skate. Oh! Stabs it right in the eye. Yeah! It's got to have Betty White in it, too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Before she, she just, dies, because she's on her way out. She just turned 99. Yeah, she's she, she won't be here. As much as we say that Betty, Betty White will be around forever, we said the same thing about, like, Stan Lee. They won't be around forever. She she's, needs to get to She's joined. literally older yeah. than Sliced Bread. Write, write the screenplay. Get her in there. Let's get one last good one out of her. Yes. I thought this was, this was a super, it was a super cute book. It, it's another one of those where you know you can buy it for a little girl and she'll probably love it. it it's it's a, and it, it's a thicker book too. And, you know, most of the kids' books that we cover is you know forty pages or something like that. But you know this is a, this is a good size. But this is a book that I would it would take me a while to get through because <laughs> I'm a horrible reader. I love stories though. Yes, you do. Just usually like to listen to them. Yes, you do. All right, and our last book of the day, our YA novel, Layoverland, by Gabby Noon. Beatrice Fox deserves to go straight to hell. At least, that's what she believes. Her last day on Earth, she ruined the life of the person she loves most, her little sister, Emmy. So when Bee wakes up from a fatal car accident to find herself on an airplane headed who knows where, she's confused to say the least. Once on the ground, B receives some truly harrowing news. She's in purgatory. Ooh. If she ever wants to catch the flight to heaven, she'll have to help 5,000 souls. That seems extreme. Is that a Catholic thing? Uh, uh, purgatory is mostly a Catholic thing, but I don't know. I don't know everything about it. But usually when you come across something like this, it's like you have to help 10 people. 
5,000 fucking souls is a lot of souls to help. That is. But you're in purgatory, so I, I guess you have, you know, forever to do it. True. Okay. So she'll have to help 5,000 souls figure out what's keeping them from moving on. But one of B's first assignments is Caleb, the boy who caused her accident and the last person B would ever want to send to the pearly gates. And as much as B would love to see Caleb suffer for dooming her to a seemingly endless future of eating bad airport food and listening to other people's problems, she can't help but notice that, despite her best efforts, maybe she's falling for him. From debut author Gabby Noon comes a darkly hilarious and heartfelt twist on the afterlife about finding second chances, first loves, and new friendships in the most unlikely places. From Razorbill Publishing, January 2021, 304 pages, ages 14 and up. It's kind of interesting to find love in purgatory. Yeah, I thought it was pretty. And and the cover is like, it's like the outside of an, uh, the, you know, part of the outside of an airport. Like where you, I guess where you pull up and get out. It's like, what? And it's like in the sky. Uh, so that's what drug, drag, you know, caught my eye first. I was like. And I read it. I was like, that is a neat little concept Concept yeah. to go on the whole afterlife. We've seen a lot of afterlife concepts. <laughs> I mean, we have seen a lot of them. Uh, first time, I think, in an airport. Yeah. Yeah, that is. And a, 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 an eternity of eating airport food. Yeah. You can only have Cinnabon so many times before your teeth fall out. Well, I mean, would they fall out in purgatory? Can you taste anything? I don't know all the rules for purgatory. I don't either. <clears throat> Maybe we need to talk to a Catholic. Every time I've ever uh, see, thought or seen anything about purgatory, it's usually like just a, a big white room, like a doctor's office waiting room. And it's just a big white room. You just sit there and wait. That's all I've ever thought of when I've thought of purgatory. So this is definitely a new spin for me. Like when I thought of purgatory, I thought you were just floating... In, like, a blank existence by yourself. Like the big white painting in Doom Patrol. You're just there. <laughs> Not Alan Tudyk, though. He got some cartoon gig. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know. Sounds interesting, though. Yeah, I think it sounds really good. Uh, again, I started complaining to you when I, when I got down to the whole love aspect of it. It's like, why... Does every YA novel have to have a, a love aspect to it? But that, like you said, that's kind of what makes it a YA novel is yes. having a love aspect to it. Otherwise, it would be, I guess, adult contemporary. Yes. Which also has. I've read plenty and listened to plenty of adult contemporaries and books that didn't have love twists in them. That would just be fiction. Yeah. Not adult contemporary, but uh, adult uh, are they are they that different? Yes. Okay. YA and adult contemporary are pretty much the same thing, except YA is based on the age of the characters. Okay. Okay. So under eight, eighteen and under, YA. Okay. Eighteen and older, adult contemporary. But what happens if, like, the first book they're 18, and then on the second book they're 19? 
Okay, so if it's a series, it's still a YA series because the first book is YA, so it continues as a series. Even if there's like a, they like jump twenty years into the future and they're middle aged. Yes, because like the Dorinda Jones series is adult contemporary, not YA. But it was somebody said it was YA in one of my literature classes, but I wrote a paper on how it's adult contemporary because they're they're older than 18 yes she's actually like in her 30s oh really yeah huh i've never read the books but i had always just assumed from the style of book that you've told me it is that she was a teenager no charlie's in her 30s oh listen to me being schooled by my much smarter wife i know literature I've studied it. I'm an English major. I'm aware. You, your, your schooling is like a person on CrossFit. You never see a, a reason to not tell somebody about it. I know. Like, like my my boys or like my daughter said the other day. You know what sucks about having a genius as a mom? They're always correcting your grammar, even when you're trying to joke. Yeah. 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 It's like you're just in Walmart. And some lady comes up and is like, ma'am, do you know where the paper towels are? And be like, oh, yeah, I'm an English major. Yeah, they're down. <laughs> no, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> I'm pretty, not. You're pretty. You can, get, you can get that way. No, I am not <laughs> like that. But, I mean, I even, um, John Michael Higgins misspoke on the TV on uh, the game show last night. And America's I even cor- best. Yeah. yeah. And I even corrected him. Yeah. <laughs> it just, it happens. I can't help it. <sighs> What's gonna kill you is that I got a couple quotes in our our third. I, I know our th- not no. I got a couple quotes in our third uh, Mary Flannery story, and they use "ain't" a couple times. I, I, fucking, <laughs> I hate that fucking word. I hate it. Give our socials out. Okay, we are on Instagram and Twitter at Open A F I N G Book, and I am at E C J B A T, and on Twitter. Kevin is at young e a t a m, yeah, young e t t a m. There we go. Six and on Instagram he is young e t a m. That's it. That's, that's all. It. The, yeah, that's all that's, of our socials. Okay, I was, I was like, wait, what else? <laughs> we used to have more. That we just yes. have it. Uh, email us open a effing book at gmail dot com if there's any books you want us to cover, any authors you want us to cover. If you just want to. Shoot the, shoot, shoot the shit. Shoot the shit. Stephanie or Goodreads? Uh, our Goodreads is goodreads.com slash open a F-I-N-G book. No, your Goodreads. Goodreads.com slash E-C-J-B-A-T. Which, if you're wondering what E-C-J-B-A-T stands for, I don't fucking know. Because oh, she's I'm, never told me. I made it in seventh grade. Uh, you said it was like you and some friends or something like that. but I. It was friends I had in seventh grade. In typing class. And she's kept it all this time. Emily my Cassie ETAM Becky. is my children. <laughs> Yours Emily, is Cassie, friends. Jamie, Becky, Amy, and Tabitha. Yours is friends from <laughs> from fucking junior high. Yeah. Emily, Cassie, Jamie, Becky, Amy, Tabitha. Okay. Go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash openafingbook. Uh, we got stickers. I'm still, uh, there's a couple people I've seen putting up stickers and pins and stuff. I'm trying to figure out 
the best places to get those so I can get some designs made so we can start having pins too. I want to make an I've got the biscuits pin. I've got the biscuits. I want to make a big silver, uh, big silvery bush pin. Uh, there's there's a few pins that I want to get made uh, up there, and they'll be Patreon. They'll be if you're a patron, you'll get some for free. You'll get discounts on merch. We're still we're working on all that stuff as we go along, um, and of course your donations go to make this show oh just so much better. Uh, come back for our Monday show. It'll be the last episode of our Flannery O'Connor series. Um, Good. I won't have to hear the A word anymore or that Southern accent. She's not the only Southerner that we will cover. We will cover plenty of Southern writers. Okay. Well, then I'll get a break. Yeah, you will get a break. Okay. Because correct. our next author, I don't believe, says the A word at all, and he's not uh, a Southerner. Um. I will have to not say the N-word a lot, though. Praise Zeus. Okay. Uh, rate and review us wherever you listen. Um, wherever you can listen, follow, subscribe, whatever it lets you do. It, it really helps us out. Go to your local library, volunteer if they let you. Go to a local independent bookstore. Buy a book. Buy an independent. Buy a book from a local independent author from a local independent bookstore. Best thing you can do to help them out right now. Uh, wherever you're listening, go down, look underneath. It's usually underneath anyway. At our show notes, I'll have links to the articles that we covered and to the books that we talked about and their authors and Stephanie's Goodreads. Uh, there'll be a link up there so you can go follow her too. And uh, look at the long show this week. We are done. We are finished. I think that's it. Woohoo! All right. Take care of yourselves. Take care of one another. In between now and the time we get to talk to you again, do yourself a favor. Go open a fucking book. All right. We'll see you. Bye, guys. Still can't close right because <laughs> it's fucking horrible.